Uncluttered and Unfiltered is brought to you in part by our latest obsession, Pain Cakes. Pain Cakes are the revolutionary cold pack that stick to you so you can stick to your routine. Whether you're pounding the pavement as a runner like me or you're tackling the clutter as a professional organizer like Christine, Pain Cakes has got you covered. Pain Cakes comes in three sizes and can be used again and again. We both keep them in our freezers. And when we feel an ache or a pain, you just stick them on your body. You can do it a hundred times. It's all the benefits of using a cold pack, but no downtime. Find pancakes at pain-cakes.com or at thousands of retailers nationwide. Welcome to Uncluttered and Unfiltered, the podcast urging you to let it go and don't look back with nationally acclaimed professional organizer, Christine Stone and self-proclaimed hot damn mess radio and TV personality, Eden Kendall. Welcome everybody to Uncluttered and Unfiltered. I'm Eden Kendall and Christine Stone, professional organizer of Neatly Designed is here. I am a little bit hobbled today. You can't see me, but it took me a minute to get into my seat and in place to record this particular podcast. And I just want to get all the grief you're going to give me out of the way, Christine, (laughs) because I know it's coming. I know it's coming. It's definitely coming. And you have been in my thoughts the past couple weeks. Eden ran the Boston Marathon, which is an amazing feat. And I was so excited for her, but she went into this injured. So I was very worried about her and concerned that she was running injured. Of course, the only place I run to is the bathroom. So I can't even relate to anything running. And that's what I find fascinating about this. There are so many questions I had for you. I really thought about this because that is such a big deal to run the Boston Marathon. Not everybody. How do you get chosen to do that? There are a couple of ways to get into the Boston Marathon, and I will say that for me, I did qualify, which is something I'm very proud of, and I'll give you a little bit of backstory on that. There are other ways to be a part of it, mostly through fundraising for charity, which is every bit as admirable. The circumstance for me was I never wanted to run a marathon. I'm a runner, and I love 5Ks. My favorite distance is a half marathon, and I had said, I don't ever want to run a marathon. It's a lot of toll on your body. And then I decided to tell you what, I'll throw my hat into the ring for the New York City Marathon. And the reason I said I would do New York and no other marathon was because my dad was a cross-country runner in New York City. Oh, wow. So I wanted to run the same streets he ran. So that was why I said I will never do a marathon except this one. My One of my closest friends, Nancy, had a breast cancer diagnosis in October of 21. And so she texted me the night before the marathon. And she said, because she had qualified for Boston, your goal tomorrow is to qualify for the Boston marathon running New York city so that you and I can run together at the Boston marathon. And when I say run together, we don't run together, but we both ran it. Oh, wow. Travel together, do the whole thing. And so sure enough, I wrote in Sharpie marker on my hand, Nancy Boston 2023. And when things felt tough in New York, I just kept chugging along and I qualified for the Boston Marathon with a buffer of almost seven minutes. And Nancy and I and our husbands went to Boston this past weekend. She's all done with all of her treatments. Oh, that's so And we both ran and it was amazing. P.S. 
She talked me into signing up for the Chicago Marathon this coming October. However, I may or may not do it based on my health issues because I really am struggling right now. And that's where I am being the devil's advocate here. I am beyond proud that you were able to even run the Boston Marathon. But what kind of toll does that take on a body that's already injured going into it at our age? That is such a great question and more of a toll than I suspected. Can't recommend this to anyone. I had a herniated disc, an L5, S1 nerve. Yeah. So I did have my doctor tell me, you can go ahead and do this. It's going to hurt. You're not going to make the damage worse. Now, I know that everybody's an armchair physician, or maybe some of you guys are physicians, and you'll email me, find a new doctor, whatever. People have said all of the things. But it was very important to me to run. It was a bucket list thing. And the more... That's what I was going to ask you. Was this a bucket list thing? It wasn't originally, but as soon as I got in, it became this massive guiding light. It was such a goal. And I really felt, and this is what I was telling my chiropractor, my physical therapist leading up to it, just get me through the race. I don't have to qualify for anything. I don't have to hit a certain time. I just want to survive it which is what happened. But now I am in a great deal of pain. Exactly. I'm adding in some additional therapies and I can give you a better recap of where I stand health-wise probably a week from now, but I'm limping and I'm in pain and I'm not yet to where I regret it, but if someone were to tell me this was permanent, then you would I would deeply regret it. Right now because I do not believe it's permanent, I do not have any regrets. I literally thought of you the whole entire time, especially when I watched, don't ask me why, but being your crime junkie sidekick here, watched the Boston Marathon Netflix documentary. Oh, about the bombing. Yes. And don't ask me why I watched it like the weekend before the Boston Marathon. Because it came out the weekend before, probably. And yes. You're on, the, you're on the pulse of all of these I, things. I am. If it comes out, I watch. But then I thought, should I watch it? I don't know if I should watch it because then I'm going to start worrying that what if some crackpot is going to try to top that and then I'm going to be a nervous wreck the whole time. But like all documentaries, I was like, it's educational. You could learn something from it. But really, it was the saddest Documentary I think I've watched in a long time just because it was just so sad how the whole thing played out. And you're here, though. Everything here. went. It was the 10-year anniversary of that, as a matter of fact, and they did some special tributes. We went to Fenway Park and saw my first ever Major League Baseball game. Oh, really? And they, did a, they brought the team that was the team 10 years ago out oh. on the field. Zach Brown Band was there doing the anthem for a special tribute show they were going to be playing that night. They had National Guardsmen standing by Rees in those spots all weekend long leading up to it. The security was so high. That's good. That's good to know. So you couldn't bring anything with you anywhere. Spectators couldn't bring any kind of... I wanted my husband to meet me with sweaters and food and all of these things, and he couldn't bring anything. Okay, so, that's good to yeah. know. I feel better about that. that it's not a forgotten, oh, gosh, you know, not that at everybody. All. But it was definitely, I felt like I really could see the race and where it actually took yeah. place. Whereas before, it, since I'm not a runner, and this kind of detailed like different spots, and I did find it fascinating. There sure are a lot of people who only know 
how huge the Boston Marathon is because of that tragedy. Right. So I understand watching that and learning from it. What you didn't see there, but see through all this other coverage is these incredible inspirational stories of these people, whether they're in their 70s and 80s and they've run years and years in a row, or they are overcoming. It was, you know, what got a lot of attention this year was the wheelchair races. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's tremendous. The athletes that part- participate in this right. just at every level, every single level. It was a joy. It was a real, true joy. I am so impressed, so Thank proud you. of you. And I still think you're nuts for running in I pain. I think I'm nuts too. But you know what? I feel this way about everything. Everybody has to make up their own decisions. And if it's a bucket list thing, I don't know. I think I would have done the same thing. I would have. I just, I don't know. Like when my husband got me tickets, sorry to compare this, and I'm not making it like we're comparing for my 50th birthday to go see Donny Osmond in concert. Sure. That's what I would equate it to. Yeah. Like, say I got injured or my back yeah. went out or something. I would have taken my Advil, my Aleve, whatever, got a steroid injection shot in my back just to get to go see yes. my bucket list Donny Osmond and concert. Meet and greet. Uh, and yeah, meet and, and greet. my meet and greet. Where you didn't talk. I could have limped. <laughs> I didn't care. So that's why part of me understands. Yes. You know what I and mean? And I'm super glad that you can understand <laughs> because of all of my friends and family, many people thought I was crazy, including my mother. But you understood the whole time. I understood the whole and entire time. And you have more time. common sense in your little pinky than I do in my whole body. But yet I had your blessing. Oh, absolutely. Literally, I still thought you were a little crazy I for running in pain. Crazy. But you know what? Who am I to say, drop your bucket list item? You might have regretted it. And to me, regret, in my opinion, is something you never forget. When you regret something, God, I should have done that. You don't want to live with regret. You did it. It's over. And now we're going to work on getting you healthy. That's a big job. I want to tell you about the airport on the way back. So when you run a big marathon like this, and the same thing happened in New York, I only have these two to draw from, but in New York as well, the next day people are wearing their medals around the city. Everyone's very proud. We didn't wear our medals, but we definitely wore our jackets and shirts that we got right. from the marathon. And so you're in the airport and lots of people are there congratulating you. You see each other, you give each other a knowing nod. It's a very, it's a badge of courage. Right. I, however, was using my carry-on suitcase as a walker. So oh, I'm using it <laughs> literally like it may as well have had tennis balls on the bottom. One of those oh, lady walkers. Gosh. And I'm using it to lean on. And I'm sure people are seeing my shirt and seeing me leaning on this thing thinking, that's why I'll never run a marathon. Then we get to the gate and they make the announcement. We're sorry. We're going to have to check any carry-on all the way through to Jacksonville. So bring it on up here. And my husband looked at me. He said, I'll be your walker. Oh, like, you're so sweet. Oh, yeah. But I was, I was a mess and still am today. But boy, that next day I was having a tough time. So we know the physical toll, but right. now let's talk about the emotional toll. When you work yourself up into something really big and then it's over, did you have that afterwards of, I worked so hard on this and now it's over? I Like a wedding, you work a whole year on wedding plans and wedding events. And then in one day it's over and you're like, did I enjoy it enough? Was I present enough? Did you know what I mean? Did it meet my expectations? Did you have all those emotional things? I did. And I'm glad you asked that question because 
I have a sense of, I don't want to use the word depression. I don't like to throw that word around lightly. There is a subdued, and I'm not sure how much of it is because I'm injured. Right. So I can't even get back into the gym. My husband has been threatening me. All I do now is go to saunas and chiropractors and I can't do anything right now. And it's making, and I'm not sure if it's that or just that it's over. That's making me depressed. I tend to think it's a good combination of both. I just saw coincidentally, purely coincidentally, a study that came out on Monday that said people are happier when they have a goal. Oh, I think so. And you can certainly understand why. I also read today that when you are over 50, you are less likely to engage in goal setting. Now, I don't know that's everyone surrounding you and I think that we have built this community or have become one with this community that is a lot of very forward-thinking women who are very dynamic and have been setting goals. But there is a feeling that women get that they said the age where this happens at the that the most it happens is at the age of 54. The age of 54, they start to think, oh, I don't set goals anymore. That's for younger people or the or follow it, through or I'm too busy. Or is it just when you hit a certain age, you're like, I'll do what I want to do when I want to do it. You know I mean, what I it mean? It could be a little bit of that I as mean, well. I feel that it's more that than anything. Like when you're younger, it's okay. Every New Year's Eve, everyone has to do something and then they fail at it and then they feel bad about it. So I think when you get to a certain age, like middle fifties, you're like, I'll just do it when I feel like doing it. I'll work to that point at my own pace. I don't need to set it to any, when you're younger, you're more competitive and you set it to everybody else's, you know, what you think everybody thinks you should be doing or when you should meet the end of that goal. That's just my opinion. That's, and that's another one of our differences. I'm very goal oriented. And, and I'm I like so to, not. And you're not. And that's <laughs> fine. We did ask our ladies only group, our uncluttered and unfiltered ladies only group on Facebook. When was the last time you set a goal and how's it going? Have you had any recent goals? And I'll tell you a couple of great responses. We had Marion who lives in Maine. We, she has been a loyal listener from day one. She says she's working on a 10 mile race on May 6th. She has a, an allotted time. She's a runner and she runs in the snow. She's up there in Maine and she runs through the snow and the hashtag. I love Marion because the hashtag she always uses is for her grandkids. And it always is hashtag. If Nana can do it. Oh, I love that. Tina says her goal is to take time for just me at least every other day. She said, it's not going so well. She said a lot is going on in the family and she's always trying to help everyone else. But that is a that is an important goal for all of us to make sure that you're giving yourself some time and some space. And to me, a goal is day to day. So when I'm working with clients, getting them organized, the goal is just, okay, we're starting in the morning. Our goal is to have one area finished by the end of the day. I think when you set yourself up for long-term goals, sometimes it doesn't happen. And then instead of just saying, oh, whatever, it didn't happen, you beat yourself up over it. And I don't know. I think at my age, I'm more like her in the fact that take one day at a time and set some time aside for yourself. And whether it's, I'm going to read this book today, that's it. All day, just going to relax and read a book or clean out this kitchen cabinet, nothing else. And once you hit small goals, it motivates and inspires you to do more. There are a lot of different tutorials on ways to set goals, not just ways to achieve them, but how to set them. And there are some P's. I think positivity is one of them. They should be positive goals, not I'm going to stop doing this. It's going 
to be, I'm going to start doing that. Another one is making sure they're possible goals, setting a goal, something that is absolutely possible and attainable. And again, you do want to section things off too into chunks that are reasonable. And the time makes sense. Julie commented, she said she just started her goal yesterday, getting off her ever flattening, widening arse. These are her words and jumping on the pickleball bandwagon. She said she started by taking a lesson. So that's a great example of you've got a goal. Okay, so how are we going to approach this? Your goal is to start playing pickleball. How about your goal is to complete one lesson? Right, exactly. Taking small steps to complete a goal, like short days instead of months or years. Mm -hmm. Because really, how much time do we have years wise? You could be here in 20 years. You could not be here in 10 years. So you got to set reasonable goals that you can attain because then it just makes you want to set another one and move on. And age is just a number in my opinion, when it comes to now, I'm not going to run the Boston marathon clearly, but I think that anybody with some determination, if they decide they want to do something, I think can do it. I've seen 80 year old bodybuilders. The age is it's all really in your mind and I feel that it's not an age thing. It's a mind thing. It's fun to read stories about these people that are elite athletes in their 80s. But it's, to me, equally as much fun to see people out on the pickle pickleball court in my neighborhood having a blast. I can hear them laughing down the street. And yeah. they're just having a really good time. And one day that might have been a goal. I want to get outside. I want to do more. I want right. to spend more time right. outdoors. Or just taking a walk just want to start walking for 10 minutes a day, not an hour a day, because sometimes that's not attainable, whether it's time-wise, you work, or you have other things going on, but 15 minutes, you know, in the morning or 15 in the afternoon. You're a high goal setter, I can tell. 15 minutes walking would do you no good. But now I would be so happy to walk for 15 minutes. Right, that's what I mean. So I think everybody's thresholds are so different, and that's okay. Everybody has different likes, dislikes, what they enjoy doing in their spare time, what they would never want to do. And it's, like I said, start small, but start somewhere. I want to bring up one more subject because it does relate to running a marathon and so many other things. It's about being uncomfortable. Ice baths. Tell me where you stand on plunging into a barrel of ice cold water with the ice cubes floating in it. I am not opposed to that, believe it or not. No, I just wouldn't want to get my hair wet. But (laughs) I did with the ice bucket challenge, though, believe it or not. I believe that. Um, I believe that. You're always game. I'm always game. But I would definitely do that if... I really thought there was some scientific proof behind that, that it really could work for muscle injuries or whatever, whatever they say it works for. Would I love it? No, but I would do it if I thought I was at that point where I needed. I think when you're in pain and this is just me, you'll try anything and everything to relieve the pain. I don't care what it is. It could be some quacky new age internet, TikTok challenge thing, if it says you're going to get better. The only problem I have with that is sometimes it can make it worse. You know what I mean? And then you're like, oh my God, I feel worse. I don't feel better. And so that's why I'm very leery about non-doctor 
oriented backed science on if something works or not. The night before the marathon, my husband said, because I was really achy and in and, and pain, and he said, you need to take an ice bath as soon as you get home, as soon as you get back to this hotel room. We are going down and getting ice and we are filling this tub and you are getting in this ice bath. I'm going to talk you through it. And he did this whole thing where he talked to me through and he said, you've got to breathe, breathe. It was like Lamaze. It was like childbirth. And afterwards, I felt great. And I swore to him I would do them more regularly. And I've done cryotherapy, which is you right, go in the place. Right. But that has even less science behind it See, than I think the other. that was a little a bit of a fad. Then. That's my point. Yeah. Whereas you have these football players who do that ice dunk baths. it right after. So yeah. anyway, I made him this promise that I would do it more. And that was one of my goals moving forward. Oh, he has not been able to successfully get me back in. I've done ice, ice baths bath. for my feet. That like would, after I would dunk I, my feet. After I would I've worn high heel shoes, whether it's to someone's wedding and my feet are throbbing, I've mm. taken a big thing of ice and put it in like a foot bath thing yeah. and just sat my feet in there. And that it, is, that's, it works. I did that it, up to my knee when I had a stress fracture in my shin, but this, we're talking. No, that, that's different. We're talking up to body. the neck. God, no. I don't. How I long know. do you sit in there for? I think it's, I think four, four to 10 minutes, depending <gasps> on your level of whether you're a beginner or don't quote me on that, everybody. Don't quote me on that. I don't know. Okay. That would make me a little nervous. I, the whole thing is crazy, but people do it. I know. I like heat. I like, to I like heat tub. too. And I like a moist heat, mm -hmm. that infrared heat. I've mm -hmm. really been enjoying lately that. Yeah. Know, so yeah, I, like I said, I think when you're in pain, it's, it reworks the brain that all you could think about is how much pain you're in, the throbbing, the constant throbbing. And you don't want to just sit there and take medication over because it numbs the pain and blocks the pain. But the minute you quit taking it, it comes back. So our goal is to get you feeling tip top by the next episode. That's the goal. And yes. I will certainly give you an update on Definitely. that. Definitely. I'm proud of you though. I really you. super proud of you. And um, I can't you. tell you how much you were thought of through the whole thing. And it may not be my goal, but I loved watching your goal and watching you achieve it. So that means the world to me. Thank Aww. you so much. You're welcome. And thank you for everybody's well wishes as well. We would love to ask you, this is the time of the show where we say to do things like if you have an opportunity to leave a review, I'm playing around with all the apps now trying to learn how to do that on all of the different apps, because we have been honest from the beginning about us not being the most tech savvy. So uh, to say the least, to say the very least. <laughs> so I did notice on one of the carrier Spotify that after each episode, you can even say what you thought of the episode and we can see that. So we love your feedback, but the most important thing we ask is if you are on Facebook, if you would ask to join the uncluttered and unfiltered ladies only group, it's a private group, but it's not an elite group by any means. Once you're in and you're stuck with us and we'd love to have you. And we love all the comments, and that's where we ask a lot of our questions for upcoming episodes. So definitely follow so you can be involved and be a part of what we're going to be doing in future episodes. So set your goals, make them reasonable and attainable and positive, or don't. And remember, you can let it go. And don't look back. Hi, it's Eden. Christine and I absolutely love bringing you Uncluttered and Unfiltered. 
the podcast for women over 50. For the first time, we're asking you for your help. A one-time or monthly donation from you will help us with production costs and help us grow this awesome community. Find a link to make a donation in our most recent show notes in our Uncluttered and Unfiltered Ladies Only Facebook group pinned to the top or on our Uncluttered and Unfiltered Facebook page. And in advance, thank you.